into six steps to mastering that content distribution because one of the more just relative quotes that that always sort of stuck out to me in my years of making content online is that you should spend 80% of your time on the distribution of that content and 20% of the time on the actual creation of that content. And this is the, the the type of advice that I like to follow with my own marketing, but that 80% distribution rule more or less speaks to the energy that we put into the amount of content that we're creating. So sometimes we have a tendency to overthink, to plan to perfection of creating the content itself. And then when we publish it, we think that we're done. But in reality, we really need to be prepping the entire process of our content marketing journey in order to really maximize on the distribution side of things to make sure that people see the all of the hard work that you put into making that content in the first place. And so I often hear from a lot of different marketers on an ideal distribution plan. And actually, this segment is is inspired by a post that I read about the modern distribution framework and how you should really focus on all of these different distribution frameworks. And I'm reading through it, and I was like, none of this applies to the world of freight. So I'm going to take those little pieces of nuggets of information from all of the different marketers that I follow and create an ideal distribution strategy for the folks that are working in freight. So let's start with step one. And that is with your content, starting with your customers and or drivers. And you need to be asking yourself, who are my best customers? Who are my most talented and high-performing drivers? Are they willing to be interviewed for a story? If the answer is yes, then you have solved one of the most critical pieces of your entire content marketing journey because these are this these people are the secrets to your success from not just from making an interview with them but also the terminology and the phrases that you're going to use throughout your entire marketing journey so think your website copy your social media captions all of that insight that you're going to gather from those interviews with your customers and with employees and or drivers that is going to fuel the rest of your marketing ship so step 1 start with your customers and or drivers and if they agree to be interviewed then that is one of the hardest parts of this process that you've just solved. So moving into step two, now that you have a maybe a good list of six to 10 people, maybe even, you know, a little bit higher than that. Now that you have that list of folks that you're going to be in, that you're going to be interviewing, you want to think about it from the lens of, okay, well, how am I going to actually tackle this interview process? We've done plenty of episodes in the past, and I have a couple of those linked in the show notes on the, the, the philosophy that you want to approach whenever you are creating this content. Do you want to spend an entire day doing these interviews or do you want to spread them out? Maybe once a week, maybe once a month. Um, you could batch them all at one time, or you can choose the the stagnant approach where you, or you can, you. that's not the right word to use, but you can use the approach of you can batch them all at once, or you can schedule these interviews one at a time, maybe once a week, and then you can build out from there. So recording that content with those customers and or drivers, you want to record long form video. So think about it from the lens of 
30 minutes to 45 minutes. If you're lucky, try to get an hour of these customer interviews or these driver slash employee interviews, then that is that solves a lot of the issues that you will face later on when it comes to content distribution. So you want to record the long form content via video. And then the next step that you want to do is step three. You want to create the short form content for each long interview before you publish the long form content. So you have your one interview, maybe you've batched them and you have a handful of interviews that you're going to be using. And so having those five or so interviews, maybe even a dozen if you're lucky, then you have all of those in at once. And then either you or you can outsource it to a freelancer. You're going to want to edit around 10 to 15, maybe 20 social media friendly clips using that long form video. And so knowing that you can think of it from the short form video that it can be anywhere from 30 seconds to up to 10 minutes long. That's technically what qualifies as quote unquote short form video, especially on a platform like LinkedIn. Other platforms like Instagram, uh, YouTube Shorts, um, TikTok is up to three minutes long. Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts is about a minute long. Twitter is a little over two minutes, but LinkedIn is up to 10 minutes. So by watching that entire long form content, then you can go through and you can pick out where you started a really good thought or where you're, the person you're interviewing started a really good thought and where they ended it. That's your clip. And you're going to do that for the entire show. And then you're going to do that about 15 to 20 times if you're lucky. So you find them around that those sort of time frames. And then you're going to assemble all of these clips into a dedicated media folder specifically for that one show. Now, this will play an important role later on, but think of it from the lens of you're going to have different folders for all of your short form videos. Each folder ties into that long form video. That way you have it a little bit organized for future reference when it comes to your content distribution. So once you've got your short form video clips, then what you're going to do is you're going to use some software out there or you're going to hire a freelancer, probably use the software first because it does it much more quickly than say hiring somebody to just listen word for word and type things out. So you want to transcribe not only the long form video, but also for the short form clips. This helps you in that distribution process from the folks who are just scrolling social media and they don't have the volume up on their phone, which is an overwhelming majority of people whenever they're scrolling social media, they keep the volume on low or not at all. And so that's where captions and transcribing your episodes really plays a powerful role because if they're scrolling and they don't see those captions, then they're more likely just going to keep on scrolling and they're not going to see and they're not going to stop and see what you have to say. So transcribe the first long form video and also the short form video. And then using that transcription, then you can, you yourself, or you can hire a copy editor to go through and take that transcription because if you're recording up to an hour long and you have a transcription for that one episode, that is a lot of content. And so what you want to do is you want to either edit this yourself for clarity, for flow. You don't want... The last thing you want is to take a giant block of text and just post it. Because you're going to take this transcription and then you're going to post it into your blog. As a draft, you're not going to publish it live yet. So... 
if you look at it from that perspective, then you have this long sort of text block and you're using a copy editor or a copywriter. They're going to break it up so that it's scannable, so that you have different headlines. Maybe you have different pull quotes and you're going to treat it like a regular blog post article, except where you don't actually have to write it. So you're just transcribing the content that was already created, but you're doing so in a way that makes it super easy on the reader whenever they eventually go and read this blog post that they can actually read it without feeling overwhelmed. Because I think we've all had those moments where we've arrived on or we've seen a huge block of text and it's like, I'm not reading all of that. So keep that in mind whenever you're transcribing your different, not just the clips because the clips are are obviously going to be shorter. So they're not going to be that intimidating as far as uh, the time required to read it. But a blog post might look intimidating. It absolutely will look intimidating if you just have a large block of text. You need to be able to spread it out. You need to make sure that it's scannable, add some bolding, add some different fonts within it. So just keep that in mind from a blog post perspective. So using that transcription, you're going to load it into a blog post, keep it as a draft. Bonus points if you can take that same video and strip out the audio, and then you're going to use that audio as a podcast episode. So that's sort of the, if you watch a lot of my content, um, for example, I start off with the Cyberly show, and then I will take, and I'll and the audio will be stripped from this show, and it will be uploaded to the Cyberly podcast feed. So it's starting out with video. This allows me to have plenty of room to create video clips and video segments, but I'm still uploading the podcast to the podcast feed. So we have, we're kind of double dipping on the same content. Don't next step, don't forget images. That is one of the more important pieces, especially because you have your transcription, you have your long form content, and then move into the images part of it. So if you're looking through the transcription, you likely notice a few different quotes that seem appealing that you think might be eye-catching to the audience during the distribution phase. So if you have a really good quote that you think your audience might really love to see or really like to read, maybe they find it motivational or educational, then you can take those quotes and you can add them to different imagery. Canva is a graph, I don't want to say like a graphic design tool, but it helps folks who aren't graphic designers. It helps you with creating graphics that look good to share online. So you're going to want to create two different sets of images. Your one image is strictly for the blog post, which is typically like the size of a video. So it's more horizontal instead of vertical. Then there's the other size image, which is more of the square friendly. So one-to-one is that is, is how that's phrased. So the one-to-one format is commonly seen on Instagram, LinkedIn, um, a lot of times Twitter too, but you can use the horizontal images that are on Twitter as well. You can really use horizontal images anywhere, but they just look better if you have that same image and it's just in a one-to-one format because you want to think of your phone as sort of like digital real estate. So if somebody is scrolling on your phone and that image takes up the entire screen, then that is the digital real estate that you want to be taking up because then nothing else is really visible in that screen. So keep that in mind when you're making these images. You make them once in Canva and they have this awesome sort of resize tool that you can resize it into any other shape. It's the same exact image and you're just resizing it for other platforms to make it friendlier for the platform that you're eventually going to send your content to. So don't forget the images. And the reason you want to do all these things in the long form is because all of these things, all of the short form video, the transcriptions, the images, 
all of these play a role in the actual distribution process. But next step, step four, now you're ready for the actual uploading of your content. So upload the video to YouTube, upload it to a podcast player is optional. Then you want to take that embed code that's on the YouTube video practically 99% of all videos that are uploaded to YouTube allow you to copy an embed code and paste it into the blog post. So you have your transcription, you have your images, and you're going to then paste all of that into a blog post. You're going to get the embed code from the YouTube video, and you're also going to paste it in that same blog post. So now, only now is the time that you're ready to hit publish. So not don't publish all the blog posts at once. Remember, we talked about spreading out these interviews so that they're they're spread out over time. And so you're not publishing 15 interviews within one week because they're all going to get lost in the shuffle. So publish once a week, maybe twice a week for the ambitious, and just make sure that you have that cadence set in place ahead of time. And you have all of these different parameters, all of, all of these different qualifications set up in the actual blog post bonus points too. If you have a CTA on the blog post, it says something like, you know, subscribe to our email newsletter to get more updates like this. Follow us on social media, uh, request a quote, apply to work with us, apply to become a driver. Um, all of those things can be really beneficial at the bottom of a blog post or, you know, spread out within the blog post itself to really hammer home of uh, the point of why you're creating content is to get people to a digest it and then B be able to share it. And then, see, take action on that post whenever they're ready to either join your company, apply, or check out more of your work by subscribing or by following. So now that you've hit upload, you've hit publish on the blog post, now is the time for distribution. This is step five. It took us four steps to get here, but here we are. What you want to do now is you want to send a plain text email to all of your subscribers. Maybe you have a carrier list, maybe you have a customer list, and you want to send them in a plain text email because your email, if it's the fancy graphics and all of that, all of the the things that, you know, make a pretty email, what you want to do is avoid all of that. I know you love your pretty emails, but plain text emails are going to make it through to the overwhelming majority of your subscribers. Because think about everybody working from home right now. There's a lot of you know IT infrastructure that has been updated over the last couple of years in order to accommodate you know the influx of cyber attacks and the influx of cybersecurity issues. And so for a lot of folks, those emails don't make it through the filters. Even like Gmail, for example, has a promotional tab. And a lot of the different, um, depending on if you're on a Google app or just regular Gmail for the free version, they have promotional tabs. They have update tabs. You want to make sure that your email doesn't make it into the promotional tab or worse, gets marked as spam. So by sending as a plain text email, you're just linking in the email, hey, this is our latest episode that dropped. You're going to learn X, Y, Z. And then you're going to link to it, that episode, link to that blog post that you just spent all that time creating, link to it in that email. And then that way, the email users that you've already, you already know that they're interested in your company because they signed up to join that list. So give them first access, give them first rights to enjoy this new content that hopefully they will find valuable because it's customers that are just like them, it's drivers or employees that they may resonate with. And so from from that perspective, you're, you're giving them 
the high quality content that you spend a lot of time creating and you're giving them access first. Now that next step, as far as distribution is concerned, is you want to send a personalized email to the person that was actually interviewed during that entire process. And then remember that folder that we talked about with all the short form videos? That's where you want to send the short form video linked to a folder. Maybe it's a Google Drive folder or a Dropbox folder. You want to link to that folder, that specific one, not interviews where they're not in it, but their specific interview. So then that way they can take those images that you created and those short form video clips and the blog post link and they have it all and they can share to all of their different social media platforms. They can share it in their Slack channel or any other really place that they're hanging out or congregating online. You're giving them the tools to share your content and they're more likely to do it if they have access to all of their different, just sort of good moments from that interview people are egotistical. They want to share their moments that they've had online. And and especially if you do it for them, if you make it super easy for them, then they'll share it with their audience. They'll share it with their network. And then that exposes your content and your business to other folks within their network as well. So send a personalized email out to the person that you interviewed. And then the next step is that you want to use now enters social media. So you've shared to emails from your subscribers, and then also the person that was featured. The next step is actually sharing it out to social media. And so using a tool like Sprout Social, or lately, you've probably heard me mention a few times on this show, even a tool like Buffer, um, for some of the old school content marketers, if you're still using Hootsuite, um, tools like that, that you can then take your content that you have in your little isolated folders and you can upload all of this content with all of the different quotes and different images and things like that. You can upload them to your social media platform of choice, depending on the topic, depending on where on the audience that you're trying to reach. Maybe it's just LinkedIn. Maybe it's just Instagram. Maybe it's just Twitter or maybe it's all three combined. But using a tool like that will or like Sprout Social, like Lately, Buffer, Hootsuite, All of these different programs will help you to not only just upload the content, but then help you to share it again in the future. Now, one caveat I do want to mention is that you want to change it up. You want to change up your posts for whatever platform you're sending it to. So your messaging to Twitter is going to be completely different than your messaging on LinkedIn and vice versa. And then also from LinkedIn to Instagram, there's all different kinds of nuances to each different platform, which is why I also suggest to start with one or two social media platforms so you don't overwhelm yourself. But those tools that I mentioned earlier, the Hootsuite, the um, the Buffer, and the Lately, all of those tools can help you publish everywhere. But I would caution against just doing a spray and pray method and actually customizing the message for each social media platform, because then it will it will go a lot further if you're using the same verbiage, if you're using the same nuances for each of those different platforms. And then from that step, after you published it out, you maybe scheduled out. If you have 15 to 20 short form video clips, then that's 15 to 20 social media posts. That's different captions that you have to create for each of those different posts as well. So knowing that you're phrasing all of these different clips and these different captions differently for each platform, then you can go back through and you can monitor while the schedule is being published out, you can monitor 
who's commenting? What are they commenting? Are they asking any questions? Are they sharing it with their audience? And if they're sharing it, what are they saying as they share it? So you want to pay attention to all of these things and also monitor all of those different things within each social media platform. This is easy to do if you just have a spreadsheet, then that way you can keep a list of, you know, this is the blog article link. Here's a link to the Dropbox. And then here's where we published it out. And then also you can have a a running list of questions and answers and comments that you got for each one of those different posts, because then that will help you make tweaks for the final step. And then number six step is repurpose what has been working and what resonated. If it got a lot of comments, if it maybe got one really good comment, um, you want to keep a tally of those. So then that way each quarter, not really monthly, because I don't think that monthly is enough to get the full grasp of how that content has performed, I would suggest quarterly. It's going to be less overwhelming for you, and it's going to be a situation where it's much more manageable to just check it out as far as the comments and the engagement on an ongoing basis. And then at the end of the quarter, then you can take and and you can analyze from sort of an eagle eye view of what performed well, why you think it performed well, and then you can just repurpose. Those tools that I mentioned that help you with content distribution, they make it pretty easy to sort of find out which content is performing well and which ones aren't. And then a lot of times using those tools, they will allow you to add it in what's called an evergreen campaign, where that message is constantly shared with just a click of a button over months and weeks and sometimes years, depending on the type of content that you're creating. That content could could be good and could be shareable for a couple years from that moment. So as long as you have it already loaded up into the system that you're using, that it makes it super easy to add it into the mix. Of, of your of having a regular content schedule that's being published with little work on your end. Besides the initial sort of half day that you're going to spend scheduling this content out, then it goes into the phase of your monitoring of what's working. Why isn't it working? Can I rephrase the stuff that's not working in order to find a way to make it work? And then let's just keep repurposing that content that is working really well. That's the modern distribution playbook for freight companies. And I say to, I say this because it's a rinse and repeat process. Now, you might be saying to yourself, that sounds like a lot of work. And it is kind of a lot of work. But once you put a lot of this on autopilot, that a lot of this does the heavy lifting for you. It works as far as networking and sales and marketing on overdrive. It works while you're sleeping. It works while you're working on other projects or taking care of other customers. And that way you don't have to worry about waking up in the morning and saying, gosh, I haven't posted anything to LinkedIn or to uh, Twitter or to Instagram. I haven't posted there in so long. I don't even know what to post. And then you get frustrated and then it just gets ignored. It gets put on the back burner. But by using this method, then you can keep content as a machine that's just sort of running in the background that you check periodically, maybe once a day, maybe on your lunch break while you're waiting in line at the grocery store or something like that, then you can check that from a periodic standpoint. And then you can keep that just sort of top of mind of what's working and what isn't working. Because you're probably saying to yourself, I don't want to seem too spammy. I don't want to seem too promotional. But the reality is, and this quote comes from one of my favorite creators to follow on LinkedIn, Justin Welsh, if you don't follow him, make sure you go and like follow him right now because he's dropping gems every single day. But he says the truth is, is that no one, 
no one remembers your content the way that you remember your content. So if you feel like you're being too promotional, too spammy, the reality is, is that not everybody is online all the time and they're not going to see your post and maybe they see it and they got distracted and it, it left them without a chance to comment on it or to share it with a friend or to really digest it and, and read and watch the content that you're sharing. So you want to give your audience multiple chances to view that content in a slightly different lens, which is where all of the different video clips and the quotes and the imagery all comes into play. But then you have that one central blog post where all of it, all of that information is gathered so they can bookmark it, they can share it with a friend, they can share it in a company Slack channel, all of that good stuff. Because if you follow this distribution plan. It's a lot of the same plan that I use for my own content. I'm, I'm setting it up you know, on a Sunday morning where I am just loading up my lately planner with all of the different content that I've created and what I want to sort of focus on for the next month or so. And then that way it's running on autopilot. So for example, like a day like today where I'm feeling a little under the weather, I've got tissues by the bed I got, or, or by, yeah, by the bed too. You can see where my brain fog is at right now. But I've got tissues on the desk. I've got my, uh, medicine. I've got all the things right here. I do not want to create social media posts today. I have a show to host and I wouldn't be able to host this show without a bunch of meds and knowing that the content is on autopilot. So I don't have to think about it. It's one less thing that I have to think about. So it's a lot of really good, just sort of insight from, you know, being in the trenches and knowing what works and what doesn't work. But speaking of all of that, I've kind of gone a little too long on this entire content marketing plan. So from that lens, just know that you can just watch a lot of this on replay and take notes and be ordered in order to master your own content distribution plan. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. And if you did like it, I would love if you could rate and review the show on Apple or Spotify. It'll take you like two minutes of your time, but it helps a ton for a creator like me to be able to show that review like a badge of honor. And it also helps the show get discovered by others. If you'd like to see more of my work, head on over to digitaldispatch.io. I've got some new content collections under the resources tab for folks who are freight brokers, truckers, carriers, freight agents, and also a best of collection for how to fix your website and how to fix your marketing. It's all completely free. And again, that tab is under resources over on the digitaldispatch.io website. The website also includes some links to our social media accounts along with my products and services in case any of that is of interest to you. Once again, my name is Blythe Bremley and I thank you for sharing your attention with me today. Until next time, have a magical day.